Welcome back to the Thundersticks Podcast. I am your host, Ben Kreider. Today, we're going to be talking about the Thunder coaching situation, as well as some Dennis Schroeder trades. So, when we're looking at the coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder, we don't have one. And we have not had one, I mean, ever since Billy Donovan left. But we're the last team without one, I should say, for about a week and a half, I'd say. It's, it's almost two weeks. The last people to get a coach, it was Houston. They got Steven Silas from the Dallas Mavericks. Everyone else has one. We still don't. There's assistants flying off the board, including our own. When are we going to sign a coach? Assistant, head coach, I don't know. I don't know how we have not been able to get one. But Maurice Cheeks left us this past week. He's going to Chicago. We, we already know Billy Donovan's headed over there. Um, he, Cheeks is following him with him. Like, what is going on? Billy Donovan, first off, I think he definitely deserved to get that job. I'm not criticizing him because I think Honestly, if we would have won that first-round matchup against Houston, I would have said, you know what? He should be coach of the year. Is all the credit on to him? I don't know. I think Chris Paul, there's seriously some valid, like, it's kind of valid to say he might have had an impact. But Billy Donovan really stepped up his coaching from the Paul George Russell Westbrook years to this year. Because let me tell y'all, whenever it was just KD and Westbrook, whenever he first got on, he did a good job. Whenever we were up 3-1, to one, he just completely choked. That was terrible. Was it all because of him? I don't know. I think, I definitely think there were some times where Kevin Durant was selling. There were times where Russell Westbrook was selling. It was ugly. That, that series against Golden State in 2016, I don't even want to think about it again, to be honest with you. But after that, the 2017 season with Donovan, I don't think you could really criticize him because the roster was just so weird that year. Um, there are a lot of guys who just don't even play in the NBA anymore that were getting real minutes with us. Uh, Samaje Christian, Cameron Payne. He actually has been balling out. He balled out for the Suns. I think he's still on a deal with them. But Christian, Payne, McGarry might have been getting minutes back then. I don't even know. Kyle Singler was getting minutes. It was not too pretty. There were a lot of just bench guys around Victor Oladipo, Russell Westbrook, and Sabonis. And Oladipo was not being used at all that year. He kind of he flopped. And it's not a surprise that he took such a big step when he moved to Indiana. Because we really just weren't setting him up too well. It was kind of the Russell Westbrook show. Which is not a problem because that was a very fun season to watch. Anyways, you really can't discredit him for that year. It's not his fault. Whenever we get... Paul George and Carmelo Anthony and we still can't make it out of the first round against Utah of all teams Utah and this was when Donovan Mitchell was a rookie and we still couldn't beat them in the first round everyone wanted to play him everyone wanted to play him and we couldn't we couldn't even make it a real contest that was kind of that was real embarrassing and everyone I was fed up after that season I know a ton of people who were on the fire Billy Donovan train and I was on it yeah, I was on it. And the year after that, the second year where Melo's gone, it's just Paul George, Russell Westbrook, and we lose to Portland the way we did? Are you kidding me? It looked like there were no adjustments at all sometimes. Like, we were just running ISO plays. There was not a lot of ball movement. It was just a super bland offense, and that's what you get. You get some bad results. So I'm not even shocked that we got 
killed in that first round against Portland. It was close that game. If Damian Lillard didn't make that shot, sure, maybe we took it to seven games and won the whole thing. But I don't know, man. That whole year was a little bit. It was a little bit awkward. Uh, Paul George had his moments where he looked good. The team had its moments where it looked like we had it all figured out. But once the playoffs started, absolutely not. We looked terrible. And Donovan, Donovan could have been fired, and I think everyone would have been okay with that. I don't know where he would be right now if he got fired that year, but he really revived his coaching career, man. He he turned this team around whenever we got Paul George out of there, Russell Westbrook. He did a great job this season, so I'm not surprised by the news that he got signed to Chicago, who I think it's fair to say... I'm not going to say that they're really not in a better position than us. I think we have a lot of picks. I think it's the matter of he wants to be on the up. Are we on the down? I don't know how much of a down we're on because we're going to be trading Chris Paul. Gallinari's going to be gone. Is Schroeder gone? Is Adams gone? There's a lot of question marks and we could very well be in a rebuild. It's not like we're going to be in a huge, huge rebuild, but... We'll see. I don't think Donovan wants to be part of that. He wants to be on a team on the up, and the Chicago Bulls are that. Levine, Carter, Laurie Marketing, Kobe White, Otto Porter Jr., Chandler Hutchinson. I really don't know what his potential is. I kind of liked him coming out of college. I don't know. Chris Dunn, I'm not a huge fan of him, but they also have that third pick in the draft. So they're going to have another guy coming in, and they should have been able to compete for the playoffs. This past year, I think with Donovan, they will be competing for the playoffs. They are in a weak conference. If they don't make the playoffs, that's that's a that's a big problem for them. I don't know what that's going to do to Donovan, but yeah. Um, uh, Cheeks is also going there too, and he was one of those guys where I almost thought that maybe he would be one of the guys we just promote. I He's getting up there in age, I guess, so that's the knock on him maybe we don't want him for maybe he's not good at developing players I don't know but he was he's been with our program or our organization for a while you have to wonder if we even offered him or if he just decided I I kind of like the system Donovan's running I liked what I saw from him and he just went to Chicago or Donovan just liked what he saw in Cheeks that's probably how that works but yeah Maurice Cheeks is gone so we have to fill that assistant role as well as our head coaching role and our options are kind of narrowing down. And it's like, what are we going to do? So I was trying to come up with some dudes that maybe we could bring in. And just based off of what we saw in 2015 with Donovan getting picked out of Florida, I was saying maybe we go for someone in college, a uh, college head coach. And there's only two that I really have. And I don't really like the first one. The first one's Bill Self from Kansas. I have just seen this floating around so much. It's all speculation. I really don't think there's much merit to him becoming our head coach. He always has these great prospects coming into Kansas. And the Big 12, just in general, there's not really like, outside of I'd say Texas and Kansas, what other teams are getting big name recruits all the time? Oklahoma really is not getting as much as I'd imagine they would. Oklahoma State, they never get big recruits. I am shocked that they got Cade Cunningham. And I'm shocked he didn't transfer after the NCAA did what they did. Uh, 
not letting him play in the tournament. If there is one this year, I thought he was going to go to Kentucky or Duke or Kansas maybe, somewhere else. So it's really once in a blue moon, Oklahoma State even gets a four- or five-star guy. They're kind of changing it right now. I think they have a four-star in addition to Cade Cunningham coming in on this roster. But anyways, just in general, the Big 12 is not a premier conference in college basketball, in my opinion. At least in terms of recruiting, it's not. Kansas, however, they always are getting recruits. So it should be expected that they win the Big 12 title and they make championship runs. And they win the Big 12 title a good amount. Like, don't get me wrong. In the tournament, they're not that great. I think they're a little bit overrated. I don't know how Bill Self would translate to the NBA. Um, So I just don't see it with him. One dude that I have seen that I do like more than Bill Self. I saw this on the Oklahoman uh, last week. Yeah, I saw it last week. Anthony Grant is a dude who was an assistant coach with us uh, up until 2017, and then he took the job, the head coaching position at Dayton. That's his alma mater. He turned that program around, and obviously you can say he had Obi Toppin, a top five projected pick this year. And Dayton, they're not in a big conference at all. They're not playing huge programs every single every single game, you know? So 29-2, and two, you can say that's not a huge deal, seeing how bad their strength of schedule was. But I don't know. Only losing two games out of 31? That's a really good record, man. And before that, they were 21-12. and 12, So there was a huge jump. And he developed. He's developing guys over there. I think he's a good candidate. Now, what it ends up coming down to is does Anthony Grant even want to come here? Because he's at his alma mater. He wants to be in Dayton. Now, would he pass up on an opportunity to continue coaching at his alma mater? And I think he could be there for a while. Honestly, it's Dayton. I don't know if they'd be quick to kick him out of the door if there were a couple losing seasons with him, right? He could build the program there where he it's his alma mater. He wants to be there. Or he could go to the Oklahoma City Thunder, who he has connections to. Is it like a huge team to him? I don't know. It comes down to, does he just want to stay with his alma mater or does he want to go up to the NBA? I don't know. I think, I think it's an interesting question. If he does get the offer, in my opinion, I'd be taking that opportunity. If, it, if we're flipping it, like, for instance, I'm more of a college football fan than an NFL fan. If I'm at my alma mater college football team and just some random NFL team's calling my name, I don't know if I'd be quick to pull the trigger. Um, there's a lot more opportunities in the NFL, but at the same time, college football is awesome. So that kind of be a that'd be a really nice job to have. College basketball, I think there's like more. Obviously, this is more just opinionated. I think there's more of like a jump there. It's also biased because, like I said, I'm I'm an NBA guy, not as much college basketball. There's a little bit more of a jump there, I'd say. So. He'd be a nice guy to look out. He's definitely on the radar for a potential coach with us. Now, that was the main dude that I could find. It's it's kind of hard. There's not any tracings here whenever we're looking at just any Thunder move in general. There's hardly, there's never any traces to something. It's just, there's a random tweet from Rose or Woes or Shams. There's not anything, there's no rumors. Even when it comes to drafting people. You can say we interviewed, but 
it's it's a surprise most of the time when it comes to just drafts, free agency, any move we make, it's in closed doors, and this is one of them. We don't even know when a real timeline is. We just have to assume you'd think it'd be before the draft, which is in 10, 9 days from now. So this should be relatively quick that they figure out who's going to be that head coach. They could come in a draft day without even a coach. And, I mean, Presti knows what he's doing, so I would trust him. But still, what's going on there? Now, Anthony Grant was the main dude I had. Other guys that I had that just have been floated around, I really don't have much context to these. It's Adrian Griffin, Kenny Atkinson from Brooklyn, and then Becky Hammond from the Spurs. Out of this three, Kenny Atkinson, he showed, I think he showed like he was a real NBA coach with the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know if he should have been fired. I think Vaughn, he... He shouldn't have lost his job in Brooklyn. Now, they want to take that flyer with Steve Nash. I get it. But he is an NBA head coach. And I would love to have him as our head coach if he had not already taken that assistant role with the Nets already. But Atkinson's still good. He has shown he's been able to develop. Um, he's been able to develop players there, specific, specifically point guards. And, I mean, we have SGA. That's our main piece right now. He's a guard. Atkinson could help with that, maybe. Is he like the future? I don't know about that. I think he's a nice guy to throw in there, see how he does. I don't know if it's a home run, though. Regardless, yeah, those are my guys who I think the Thunder could be looking at for the head coach. Now, for Dennis Schroeder trades. This is one of those things with Schroeder. Should he even be traded in the first place? And I've I've talked to people about it. I honestly, I think Chris Paul's a lock to get moved. Gallinari's gonna get moved. These other pieces, I'm not sure. There's Steven Adams left. You got Schroeder left. Those are the two people who are maybe movable. And I don't know. I have a hard time thinking that they get moved. More Adams than Schroeder. I think Schroeder's more of a trade deadline kind of guy than he is just flipping him right now because he did such a good job with us last season as the sixth man. He should have been sixth man of the year, may I add. I don't know how on earth Harold got that, Montrez Harold got that, especially whenever some of these people voting, they had Lou Williams and Montrez Harold first and second. It doesn't matter which order, honestly. And then Schroeder's like third. That's not. That shouldn't even be an option. That's a seventh man. You can't have two people on the same team there, really? That just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't get it. He is. He played like a top guard. Not top guard, but he's a top 20 guard easy in the NBA right now. Does he crack the top 15? Maybe. I think that's around the area. Around the area for Dennis Schroeder. He's a starting level point guard for your playoff team. He is a starting level point guard for a playoff contender. And these playoff contending teams should be looking to grab him. Now, the deal with this contract, I think he makes like 15, maybe 15 and a half million next year on expiring. It's not movable for some of these teams like the Boston Celtics who could use, they could use Dennis Schroeder. They'd have to move out Aaron, or Gordon Hayward and make it a three-team deal, get someone else in, make money work. 
he'd be a great six man for them. Or you have teams like the Los Angeles Lakers where he just is the point guard for you, you know? And he'd be great. He's great wherever he's going to be, and he's going to be a great leader for whatever team he's on. So the value should be relatively high. I think it's high right now. Does it get any higher if we wait until the trade deadline? We're going to have to see how the NBA landscape kind of goes until this trade lo- trade deadline hits. Is there going to be a lot of teams trying to contend? If there is, Dennis Schroeder's price is going to skyrocket. And I think his averages, like I said, I think Chris Paul's gone. His averages are going to skyrocket if he's still on the team. He had 19 points last year. He had uh, he had four assists with us. He had 3.6 rebounds, which, I mean, that's not, that's not a bad thing. And he got the three-point shot down. He has not been a consistent three-point shooter his whole career until this season. He went from shooting like low to mid 30% from three. He's shooting 39% from three. He has become a shot creator. He is a three-level scorer. And he can play make. Who doesn't want that guy on your team? He's perfect for pretty much every single team. And he has that ability to take over the game. When you don't have that guy who can score for you, you give the ball to Dennis Schroeder. If he has the hot hand, just move out of the way because he has that ability. And you can't get that from every point guard or player in the NBA. That's a really good trait to have. And he could be your third best scorer or third piece on a contending team. And I'm not even kidding. Specifically the Lakers, I think. I think he fits perfect with them. So, just working out trades. I tried to make it so all these trades kind of included draft picks. So this would be if he was to get moved now. Do I think he should get moved now? Like I said, not really. I think you should wait it out and see. I can see where people are coming from when they think he should get moved now. You might as well because you got to figure, is SGA going to be your point guard? Is he the main ball handler? Or is he going to play second fiddle and be that off-ball shooting guard, you know? That's a thing that you need to address, and you might as well address it quicker, you know, sooner rather than later with that. And there we had that ordeal last season where it's Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, SGA all on the floor, and they had to work it out. Do we work it out again, or do we just say, no, this is what we're going to do? I think it, I think we should wait it out, but that's a that's a whole argument right there in itself. Anyways, if Schroeder's getting moved... It's going to go to one of these playoff contending teams. However, there is one where it's going to raise some eyebrows. It's going to be like, what? Trust me, when I wrote it up, I was thinking maybe they wouldn't take it. But I think it's worth it. It's going to be worth the question for this team. Anyways, my first deal that I drew up for Dennis Schroeder is the Thunder is receiving Danny Green from the Lakers and the number 16 pick from the Portland Trailblazers. Now, Danny Green... He's just that filler to make this work because obviously Schroeder, he'd be heading to the Lakers. He's a filler guy. He's not a, well, he actually is a badass asset. 15 mil for him, not worth it. He didn't play too well in the playoffs. I think it's a little bit blown out of proportion as to how bad he did. But the Lakers don't need Danny Green on their team. They have Caldwell Pope who balled out in the finals. He balled out in the playoffs. That's your shooting guard. And then backup, you have Talon Horton Tucker, who hasn't seen the floor much. He was a second-round pick, um, I believe, last year. 
He's been sort of quiet. He didn't really get the minutes. I think he will develop into a nice backup. You also have to keep in mind, they have that 28th pick. Desmond Bain has, yeah, Desmond Bain has been flowed around as a target for the Lakers. I don't know if he drops that far. He is a perfect fit for the Lakers. He is a sharp shooter who is athletic as hell. Who doesn't want him? He's going to be able to be a great backup on whatever team he's on. He's already, a, he's already a senior in college, so the age, he's already up there in age. So is the potential capped a little bit? Sure, but his, I think his floor is decently high, and he has that ability to make an impact off the bench for the Lakers. Shooting form is a little bit awkward, but he shoots the ball damn well. So I think he'd be a great option for the Lakers. They don't need Danny Green. They don't. KCP's a solid sh- starter for them. And then they can just put in whoever they want for the backup. I don't think it's a major issue for them. Now, that 16th pick for the Thunder. If we really want somebody and we know we're not going to get them at 25, sure, we might as well make this deal. We still keep 25 in this deal. So we have two firsts. If you love somebody in this draft, I say go for it. I'd trust the decision. You just have to keep in mind, Schroeder is a major player on our team and with Gallinari and Chris Paul left is he our best player I think it's up for debate I think shy I think Shea Gildas Alexander is actually a little bit better but that's our second best player and we're flipping him for a mid first round pick I don't know what kind of value that is personally I'm I mean we're all kind of biased here I'd want more but maybe I'm just a little bit unrealistic with that but yeah if we like someone at 16 you move up, you get that pick, you get Danny Green, just sit him on the bench for a year, you get that 15 mil off the books, all right? Now, the Lakers are receiving Dennis Schroeder. That's going to give you Dennis Schroeder there. You're going to be able to have Contavious Caldwell-Pope at shooting guard. LeBron James, he's going to play small forward for you. I know there was times of the season where he was actually listed at point guard. There are depth charts online. Where it literally has him as a starting point guard. And I, I was a little bit confused about that one. Now, their power forward and center. That's where it gets a little interesting. You put Anthony Davis at one of those and then center. You're going to fill it in like a JaVel McGee or something. And why is that? You'd say Kyle Kuzma should be at one of those. That's because he's going to the trailblazers in this deal. But let me get back to Schroeder for a second. That shot creating ability is something that they have been looking for. These backup point guards, they're not bad by any means. Rajon Rondo, has he was killing it in the finals. Alex Caruso, he's a solid role player in, this NBA, in the NBA, and he's not going to be going anywhere. Now, with that being said, you still need that shot creator. And Dennis Schroeder is a consistent shot creator. He will do it any night for you. That's what you need with that big three. It makes them, it elevates them even more. And they were champ- They won the championship last year. And they're getting way better with adding Schroeder and dropping Danny Green and Kuzma, who is the real asset here. Right? So the Trailblazers, they move that 16th pick and they get Kyle Kuzma. I think that's a real, really realistic for them, honestly. Kuzma is still 25 and it doesn't really feel like it. It doesn't really feel like he's only 25. He's only 25, guys. And... He really got, he didn't really get screwed over 
by the Anthony Davis trade, but his possessions and his role on the team just diminished. You have to remember, before the AD trade, Cal Kuzma was being looked at as a super bright prospect, and there were even reports that they thought he was untouchable. They would rather trade Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram than give Kyle Kuzma to the Pelicans. That's ridiculous. He hasn't. He stepped down his production. You put him on the Trailblazers. He's taking the starting power forward role without a doubt. Zach Collins is coming back from that injury. But it's Kyle Kuzma. They're going to put him there. He's going to fill that mellow role. Mellow's off the books. Are the Trailblazers going to re-sign him? We'll wait and see. If they have Kyle Kuzma at power forward, they're not re-signing him. He's going to go to New York or wherever he wants to go. If anyone wants him, that's where he's going. He has that potential. He's still 25. Could he turn into that guy he was a few years back? And can he elevate his game to an 18 to 20 point per game score? If he can, the Blazers just knocked this one out of the park. And they're going to have a really nice future with him at the power forward spot. He's a nice guy to have. I'd almost want him in a deal. Say, you know what? We don't even want the 16th pick. Give me Danny Green and Kuzma. We're leaving Trailblazers out of this. The reason I don't want to do that, does he fit the timeline at 25? Not really. I mean, he's not too out of that range. Could we use him and see if he balls out and then flip him for even more? Maybe. I just don't really want to roll the dice there. You know what I mean? I'd rather just get a pick if we're making a deal like this and then get like a 20, 21-year-old, you know, than just a 25-year-old who, if he doesn't play well, you're not going to get a big return at all because if you trade, if Kyle Kuzma gets put on our team and he just looks decent, we're not getting any assets. He's still looked at as a young asset right now who has that potential but it's it's closing as we speak uh while he's on the lakers anyways i think the trailblazers would love that one lakers i think they'd love that one it's all up to us here i think we're the ones who would say this would be a deal that would be offered to us it wouldn't be one that we would be on the phone offering to them it's kind of up to us if we love someone at 16 sure if not we're passing and we're keeping Schroeder for later, which is completely fine. And the other deal I had is literally the exact same trade, except you're taking the Blazers out and you're swapping the Magic. Now, I was thinking this probably is not as realistic as the Blazers because, first off, let us let me clarify this. The Magic are one spot above the Blazers. They have the number 15 pick in this draft. So we'd be getting Danny Green the 15th, Lakers get Schroeder, Magic at the Magic at Kyle Kuzma, right? So, same exact structure. There's nothing added into the Magic. I think this one the Magic may not want either. At 15, it's kind of the same situation. Do we want someone at 15? If we do, we snag them right there. We trade, we snag them, have them on the team, let them develop on the roster. Do the Magic need Kyle Kuzma? I don't think so. I think, however, the Magic have been stuck in this like mediocrity stance for a while. Does that 15th pick help more or does a Kyle Kuzma help more? Who has shown flashes of he could be a potential star player. Not, not a superstar player, absolutely not. But a star player who you can have consistently dropping like 18 to 20, like I said. 
If you believe that, I could see them taking a flyer on this, and it'll be a little bit of a shock, but I could see them taking a flyer on this, and they have Aaron Gordon already at that power forward position. You need to ship him off. You see what you get. You try to get, ideally, you try to get a pick or a young player back for Aaron Gordon. If you can, it's a home run. I think Kuzma fits nicely. The Magic, right now, with Isaac out for this year, they might just want to tank and see who they can get in the next draft. They have Markel Fultz, who has definitely risen his stock. They got him from Philadelphia for practically nothing. Isaac has been nice. Vucevic, he's a he's a guy for them. Is he a dude that you would trade if you're tanking? I'd say maybe. But yeah, they they could easily just tank and not want to take a chance on Kuzma. But I think he's a dude who could who could be a nice fit for them. Um with with the deal being they're moving Aaron Gordon out of the way. So yeah, that's my explanation for this one or for that one. Now, another team who I really couldn't figure out the circumstances for. I was looking at it, and I made up an offer, but I was like, you know what? That's ridiculous. I don't think it's going to happen. It's the Sacramento Kings, so have the number 12 pick in the draft. Now, when I was checking this out, I was like, there's no way the Kings would be willing to do this. They already have Marvin Bagley. They have Jabari Parker. Is Jabari Parker a huge asset right now? No, but they have the power forward spot there. Like, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up on Marvin Bagley that quick. You know what I mean? Kuzma can play a little bit of a three, the three position, but I don't know, man. They have Harrison Barnes there already. Their roster's kind of in a weird spot right now. Um, maybe they want to shake it up and get Kuzma, just get somebody. Now, they actually were interested in Kyle Kuzma this past offseason, or not offseason, this past trade deadline, they were interested. I got this. From Kevin O'Connor at the Ringer, the Kings offered for Kyle Kuzma. It was a package of Demanja Bajalika. Sorry if I butchered that name. Uh, I have him on my Stratomatic team. He he's actually really good at shooting threes, so he be a nice stretch option for the Lakers. Which I could see them being into that. It's him plus an unspecified draft pick. What was this draft pick? I don't know how he doesn't know which draft pick this is, honestly. If it was Nemanja plus that plus a first, the Lakers probably should have taken it. Or maybe they were just like, you know what? We need to go for this championship now. We'll look at it later. I could see them saying, you know, that's good value. Talk to us next year. And next year has come around. They're still interested. We'll give you a ring. The deal that I would try to create is where we would get that 12th pick. The Lakers will be getting Dennis Schroeder, uh, Nemanja, Bajalika. The Kings are getting Kuzma. You have to throw in Danny Green as well there. So we're going to be picking up Danny Green. What do the Kings get in return? They need they need something in addition. We have to look at the cap for Nemanja here to make it all sides work. And the 12th pick, that's kind of a huge upgrade from a 15. That's a lottery pick. So do we have to throw in something else to make that work? I don't know, man. They're a team who I had on the radar, and if they trade for him, it'll be like, oh, yeah, I knew that. I knew that they'd be interested. But 
I think the 12th pick might be a little bit too untouchable for them with the fact they're kind of already clogged up at the power forward spot. If they want that change and they just want they want to try to shake it up, you could see this you could see the Kings pursuing a deal with Kuzma and then we slide in and get that pick. We get the lottery pick and they the Lakers can get Dennis Schroeder from us. But yeah. Now, this third trade which I was contemplating. I was like, well, does this really work for everybody? And I I don't know. I just decided I'll throw it out there and see what everybody thinks about it. The Thunder are receiving the 11th pick in this deal. The San Antonio Spurs, they're getting Dennis Schroeder, the number 18 pick in the draft, and the number 31 pick in the draft. And the Mavericks, your third team, they're getting Derek White from the San Antonio Spurs and the number 25 pick. Now, for the Thunder, the 11th pick, that's really high. It's going to be Dennis Schroeder again, obviously. It's a Dennis Schroeder podcast. It's about him today. If they like someone at 11, there you go. But it's not just Dennis Schroeder this time. You're throwing in that pick you got from Denver. The number 25 pick has to go to make this work. So you move up 14 spots by adding Dennis Schroeder in a deal. So you jump from 25 to 11 by with Schroeder being in there. Okay, so if you like someone at 11, you take that flyer at it. Um, the San Antonio Spurs, they're in a spot again where if I'm GM... I don't know if I want to run it back with them. Their their assets, which they could flip, would be DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge. Those are the main guys. You really aren't going to get a big haul from them. So just tearing it down and trying to rebuild may not be the cleanest thing for them. But at the same time, would trying to go for the playoffs again even be that beneficial to the team? I don't think so. Now, this is a deal where they're obviously making that huge jump going from Derek White to Dennis Schroeder. Derek White has shown flashes, and I will go into that in the next part, but Derek White showed flashes in the bubble. Dennis Schroeder consistently shows that he can he can be your guy, though. And they've had issues with that shot creating with San Antonio. Dennis Schroeder will be there for you. He's going to be he's going to be your third option, maybe even the second option some games. So they get that legitimate point guard, which they've been struggling to have. You get the 18th pick, so you still get a nice guy. Number 18 is a good pick to have in a draft. You have that mid-round pick. And a lot of people are saying you might just find better gems in the back half of this draft anyways than these lottery guys. There's a lot of people who just aren't high on these lottery guys, and they like the late-round selections more. Maybe the Spurs are one of those people. If they want to trade down already, this is a great package for them. If they think we're not going this year, next year's the draft we like, or the year after that, that's the draft we like. You trade back seven spots. You're trading back seven spots here. You give up that 11 and Derek White. So, yeah, you're trading back a little bit. You're gaining Dennis Schroeder out of it just to drop seven spots. And then in addition to that... You're getting the 31st pick from the Mavericks. So it's like you're getting two first dang near. That's an awesome trade for them. You're getting two young guys. You're getting a way better point guard in Schroeder. I could see that. 
But at the same time, if they want to tank, I could see them saying, nah, we want to try to get our main guy right now at 11, then just have two cracks at it in an area where some of these guys are going to be off the board. So they may not value these draft picks enough to be like, oh, yeah, we should do that. Or they may not value Schroeder enough. It could be either of those. Now, the Mavericks are that third team who I think they'd be in love with this deal. They're picking up Derek White, who has been playing really nice for them, or for the Spurs. Derek White has had issues starting. Um, He has had moments where he has been able to start, and he balled out for them. As it stands right now, deal or yeah, as it stands right now, Derek Derek White's going to be the starter with that Mavericks team. You got to move Luca up to the two. The guys in his way are Delon Wright and Trey Burke. He's easily going to be the starter right there. And when he did get his minutes in the bubble, he went from averaging ten points and three assists before that bubble started to being to scoring eighteen point nine points. 4.2 rebounds and 5 assists in the bubble. Those are great numbers to be having. Those are Dennis Schroeder numbers. That's better than Dennis Schroeder's regular season average. So, good on him. The deal was he only played 7 games. So, that's a little bit of you don't have a big enough sample size. And I get that. Now, it's not just those numbers look good. He was shooting damn near 40% from 3. So, he was scoring everywhere. He was shot creating which is what the Spurs need. Now, Schroeder's better at that, obviously. Derek White's not a bad option, and the Mavericks would definitely prefer to have Dennis Schroeder over Derek White. Or Derek White. But Derek White, you can't discredit him. He would He's the immediate upgrade. He's going to be that starter with the Mavericks. He can play off-ball with Doncic if you want Doncic to be that point guard. If you don't want Doncic to be the point guard in some areas, he'll take the ball up. He's a point guard. He's got it. He's got a pretty big frame anyways. Um, Derek White. So he play he can play the one or he can play off ball and just be that catch and shoot dude, which is exactly what the Mavericks would want there. I think the Mavericks would be in love with Derek Derek White. Now, they're giving up those two picks um in order to make this work. So number eighteen and number thirty one is gone. But they're not just losing out two draft picks, they're still hauling one back. And it's number 25. So they're falling back seven spots. They're also, they also have to throw in that 31. But they're they're falling back a little bit. And they're getting Derek White in the process. That's a home run for them. And they still get they can still pick a guy at 25. If they like somebody to pair up with Doncic, Porzingis, you still have it. I don't think they need two draft picks, to be honest with you. I think they're fine with one. And this is a starter point guard you're getting in a deal where you're giving up two first rounds. Well, 31's a, it's the second round, but come on. It's pretty much the same thing. You get that starting point guard in, in addition to a first, that's a great value trade for them. Now, I was thinking, do these do the Mavericks need to cough up that 31st pick? And the answer is yes, because Derek White... Rose's stock, had he not played well in the bubble, that'd be up for debate. Maybe it'd just be another future second or something, or just a late second. But the way Derek White was, you gotta add in that. You have to add in that extra pick, and that's just how that has to go for a trade to work. Now, 
who wouldn't be happy here? I think the Mavericks would be over the moon if they were able to do this because it puts them in a great spot. The Thunder, if they're not in love with the 11, you don't, you're not making the deal. Obviously, you're not. And the Spurs, if you want to tear the whole thing down, this may not be the best option because Dennis Schroeder is going to give you a lot more wins than before. But if you just want that little, if you want to continue another year like this where you're not going to be competing, I think, I really don't even know with Schroeder if they are competing for a playoff spot. They're in the hunt, but do they crack that top eight, top nine? I don't know, man. Um, but they definitely would be getting, this would definitely be a continuation of last year. I think they their next year's pick, if they have Schroeder on the team, is still around this 10, 11, 12 range. Because they wouldn't be completely garbage, but at the same time, they're still pretty bad. So that's the range I'd give them. Maybe even drop it down a little bit to 8, 8 to 12. But yeah, if they are interested in just running it back and getting a couple new guys in the mix with that 18 and 31 pick, you're going to do it for San Antonio. And if you don't like your chances with that 11 pick, if you're not high on anybody, you're only high on guys in the back end, which a lot of people believe that back end of the draft class is where it's at, as opposed to this late lottery, mid, mid-teens. Yeah, you go for it, and you double up your chances because you have number 18 and number 31. So that could be a really nice trade for the Spurs. I think it all comes down to, do the Thunder really love that number 11 pick? And are they willing to give up not only Schroeder, who would be your second best dude, like I said, if Paul and Gallinari is gone, but also that number 25 pick, which has some real value there. So there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. But... Other than that, those are the only trades I got. It's going to be real interesting to see how they deal with Dennis Schroeder and if he gets moved or not, or if they just want to continue with him until the trade deadline and see what the options are. But other than that, guys, thank you for tuning into the podcast. I'll be back again in the near future with another one. So thank you guys for listening, and I will see you next time.